Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, and welcome to Come for Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food, chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it and tell your friends as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the show. My guest today is somewhat of a food phenomenon. Having inspired his friends to cook by way of simple recipes, he set about encouraging students everywhere to get creative in the kitchen. His method was simple, delicious recipes that feed four for under a tenner. His one minute how-to videos went viral, gaining him a host of avid fans, amassing to over 250,000 Instagram followers, a two cookbook deal, and a collaboration with one of the leading kitchenware companies to create The Mob Box, which contains everything you'll ever need in a mob kitchen. By now, you may have guessed it, it's Ben Liebus, founder of Mob Kitchen. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the studio, wherever you come from this afternoon. I have come from our studio in Bermondsey. Cool. So what's going on there today then? Uh, we've just been filming some Christmas content. We're getting loaded up. I'm giving everyone a break from, I think we're finishing on the 19th and everyone's back on the 9th. Okay. Um, so we're just banking up on content. So we're going to have a couple of people editing it throughout the period. Nice. Um, and yeah, we made a, a slow roast camembert with grapes and balsamic vinegar on the grapes and Ooh. homemade garlic kind of soldier crouton type things. Yum. Which was very good. Yeah, and, and more than simple as well. Quite impressive. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, not getting too philosophical, but I think that's ultimately what we really try and do with Mob is a lot of the recipes that we go for. You know, there are, there are a million and one different one minute how to videos on how to bake a camembert with some fairly gross looking dunking bread things that don't look dressed up or anything. So it's always about doing, we always try and kind of like add like a little element, like the roasted grapes around it or whatever, that's like that little extra touch mm-hmm. Yum, and that delicious. students wouldn't normally think of, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I know that food was something that always interested you um, growing up. And so I thought we'd start with one of your earliest food memories. Mm. Uh, so I had to think, I reckon, so I've got two that come to mind. Apparently one time, I always loved getting naked when I was very young, up until about the age of four, okay. would constantly be ripping my clothes off. Most and apparently, good people do. Yeah. And apparently um, one time my mum came down and found me in the kitchen and they'd had a bowl full of avocados and I'd broken them all open and rubbed them all over my body. And so I was like basically <laughs> green. Um, um, which mum and dad find very funny. And then uh, I guess one that's a bit more like personal to me in my relationship with cooking is um, I remember I watched a Jamie, a Jamie at home uh, and there was an episode where he 
he like took a, a pot of hummus that you know looks a bit ugly in its plastic packaging and then he put it onto a, a plate um, and spread it out really nicely with olive oil and maybe a little dusting of cumin and some salt and some pepper on top. Um, and I could remember seeing that and just thinking how beautiful it looks and how lovely that kind of presentation was. And so I kind of did the exact same when mum asked for me to go and get it with some carrots or whatever, and I put it all, put it all on this plate and made it look all lovely. And I remember bringing it in and her kind of reacting and getting a little bit annoyed and just being like, you're an idiot, like we only want a little bit and that's all going to go to waste now because we're not exactly going to put it back in, which is kind of understandable, but it was... Um, it's the earliest thing that I can remember where I was like really into the presentation of food and making something like look really lovely for the sake of that, really, mm-hmm. um, even though it was slightly impractical. Well, a creative flair. Yeah. I mean, so did you ever think you'd go into something food related? You know, I know that you went to Edinburgh to study history. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I nearly went to do that. Didn't. Nice. Um, and your father owned a restaurant as well. Yeah, dad owned an Italian restaurant in Oxford called Chibo for 15 years. That was right opposite where I went to school. Okay. Um, and uh, so me and my mates would go there every day. And nice. um, yeah, it was an amazing, like traditional kind of like Italian trattoria vibe, like very no fuss, simple, delicious pasta dishes, um, delicious meat and fish, but super simple. Um, I've always been a massive foodie. Uh, truthfully, I didn't really know what I wanted to get mm-hmm. into. I um, I kind of jumped into history as a degree because I was quite good at it and knew I could write knew I could write essays, but didn't really have any real love for history. It was just because it was kind of seen as like the next step after graduating, uh, after finishing um, high school, and. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I just didn't really know throughout university what I wanted to do. I was terrified when my mates were applying for internships and grad mm-hmm. schemes and how involved the answers were when it was like, you know, how long have you wanted, how long have you known you've wanted to do this? And like, since I was two years old, I've known I've wanted to be a, I don't know, a charter surveyor or something. It's like, <laughs> who the hell has any idea yeah, on I that level? Um, and so then, yeah, actually for three years at uni, I'd put on art shows with my mate, uh, Milo. Yeah, because you were quite un- entrepreneurial. As Like, I read something <laughs> about you selling advertising on, on putting advertising on bottles and then giving them to cab drivers so that they gave them to people yeah. to look at. So it was kind of advertising. And then also running a kind of mini art gallery or something. Yeah, so the, the, the water bottle thing never really happened. Uh, but I do remember is like when I was 13, 14, um, j- very early on being like obsessed with this idea of, I don't know, like emails and like things coming through and like projects going yeah. on. Um, and then, the, you know, the art thing was a little bit more serious. We basically uh, found kind of like young, hot artists um, at the... Um, at the art colleges and put on art shows for them. So we did, well, we, we did two kind of like big art shows for two different artists, Jack mm-hmm. and Renee. And then we did like a big, uh, it was called like the Parade Presents Art Prize. Okay, cool. Google Parade Presents. A prize, yeah. that's great. Yeah, and so we got, um, we, we invited like submissions from artists all across the country. We got like 2,000 submissions wow. and we got, um, Milo was, was, is very well connected in like the art world. So we got some great judges and, um, and yeah, we had this huge space in Shoreditch, like 500 people turned up. It was on the hottest oh. day of the year. And I think when I, I think w- the moment I realized we might have got it slightly wrong is when I walked outside and I saw like someone in my wider friendship circle sitting outside with a bottle of vodka that he had brought along. And he said to me, why is everyone sitting here? Or why is everyone at this event? Because he actually didn't know that it was an art prize. It was mm-hmm. just, it turned out to just be like a, you know, 500 person social gathering yeah. type thing. But um 
but no yeah that was I've always kind of wanted to be exploring different ideas yeah, or, had a buzz yeah. a buzz a business buzz yeah exactly so you began working on mob while still at university even if it wasn't didn't have its name then can you talk us through the very early idea like where where it initially started and then how you brought it to where it is now yeah so um so I've always been an avid foodie um, and have always loved cooking and, you know, really relished the opportunity to be able to get into my own kitchen when we uh, went into our second year in Edinburgh. Uh, So I moved in with four other friends and um, the girls were great in the kitchen, but the guys were pretty clueless and didn't have a kind of foodie background as well. So um, I don't know, I quickly saw that they you know the thing that seemed to come second it's kind of like second nature to me whacking together a nice salad or a nice pasta um which i also loved and enjoyed doing that they didn't feel confident doing that so they were making the same dishes crappy dishes pesto pasta bacon sarnies beans on toast yeah. tin tomato soup every night of the week um and they also weren't going to the spaces that i was going to to find new recipes jamie or bbc good foods um there just wasn't really a cool space at all online mm-hmm. for them that was showing them how to cook like good food on a budget. Yeah. I don't think there's anything more sad than those like traditional student cookbooks yeah. with like a horrible like ugly photograph of like baked beans on toast, like <laughs> seven hundred cheap student recipes. Yeah, no, it's, it's like... true. But equally, I think those those websites that you talk about are so were especially then so geared towards kind of you know, mums and kind of yeah, yeah. middle-class women. Yeah. That's who that's who their client was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, there are two sides of it. So, I mean, obviously, Jamie and BBC Good Food are amazing mm-hmm. uh, and they and they really serve great recipes to a certain demographic. So, you've got them, but they you're right, they weren't catering for students. Yeah, they weren't um, applicable, I guess. But then the, the spaces or the books that were catering to students were just really depressing. <laughs> um, and so, we... So yeah, basically in that second year, I started writing a little blog called Why Chef. I was going to be like the chef of Generation Y. Okay, um, cool. And that w- I ended up writing like five recipes. It was just a Tumblr and it had absolutely zero following. Um, but all of those recipes fed me and my housemates for under a tenner. So just kind of beginning to latch onto this idea of... So that wanting, under a tenner thing was a thing? Yeah. From day one, that was, that was a one, thing? Yeah. Okay, interesting. And wanting to, you know, latch on something that everyone would find relatable. Mm-hmm. And really wanting to kind of like press home that you didn't have to be massively wealthy to cook like a really cool, like attractive, mm-hmm. delicious dish. Um, and then... I kind of let that slide, um, and there, and this was like sort of before Instagram. It, there, you know, this was really before like this thing of like taking photographs and uploading it to a space and hashtagging all that kind of stuff. Um, and then in my final year of Edinburgh, when I was writing my dissertation, there was that big explosion in overheard food videos. Um, as pioneered by BuzzFeed's channel Tasty. Um, And they were releasing two a day, and it was like, you know, viral food content Mm. at its best, and I was obsessed with it. Um, It was completely new and unique, and what what they had done was amazing, kind of creating that. Um, And I would wait around for the videos every day. I thought they were so genius. Um, But then I... Yeah, I became underwhelmed by how much it seemed to revolve around food porn and getting yeah, kind of mindless engagements rather than with the end in mind of actually going to get people to go and buy the ingredients in the recipe and cook it themselves at home. 
I've still to this day never heard anyone say the sentence, I'm going to use a tasty or taste-made recipe mm. for dinner. I've never heard anyone say yeah. that. Um, they're always semi-ridiculous, aren't they? Kind of like sky-high burgers and macaroni-filled pizza and just kind of absurdly slightly gross Well, that's the food. point. And they do it for, I know they do it for, they do it for the engagement. And they'd never had that base kind of ethos in mind that they actually wanted to get people to cook the dishes. And it does seem ridiculous that actually for our generation, Tasty have a much bigger profile and following than any other food mm. chef, you know, foodie or chef we know, way bigger. Yeah. And probably you ask most people, you know, between my age and, uh, you know, 17, 18, you talk about like food videos online, they'll say Tasty. Yeah, and um, BuzzFeed, yeah. And BuzzFeed. Um, and Mob. Well, maybe now, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully Mob now. But anyway, the, yeah, the point was, I, I was, but I was captivated by the content and loved it. So I thought to myself, what about, you know, using this kind of content format that is obviously bringing in my demographic and really captivating everyone's attention um, uh, and combining that with the original recipes that I wrote in second year. So having this, making these food videos, but food videos you're actually going to use. Um, and so, yeah, I had that idea and... Um, spoke to two guys I was at uni with who had an amateur kind of a production company um, and I had 600 quid and I gave it to them and I said I, I would need to film 20 recipes when we finish when we graduate uni this summer um, so I wrote 20 recipes um, we, we booked out a week um, in mum and dad's kitchen in Oxford they came down I mean we were like winging it we'd never seen a studio food studio before ever this was just like from what we could gauge from the overhead videos on Tasty. And um, so we hired out the lights, we hired out a camera. It was just like a crappy little stand and a Sony A7S shooting down. Um, we were using natural day, we were using daylight. So like there are videos where, I don't know, a cloud like comes <laughs> over the sun and you can see it, you know, on the, on the dish. Um, and we had a very intense week filming filming all the recipes. We got them all filmed, uh, loaded up onto like four different hard drives. They went off for the summer. I went off for the summer. One of them, the main guy who was filming, got a really great job um, in a big production company. And so they kind of dropped the ball a bit. They were also meant to be doing all the editing um, and they dropped the ball on it completely, really. So uh, we sort of parted ways. I took all the hard drives, did, taught myself how to edit, um, edited all the videos. Uh, in that summer, also created uh, the brand. This amazing girl, Oki McGill, who's a kind of illustrator. She was a friend of mine, and is a friend of mine, and created like a you know the beginning start mob brand. Um, and yeah, launched it in October 2016. And the rest is history. I mean, it was th those videos are really what kind <clears throat> of you know took it to the next level. From from it just being recipes that you were writing. I don't. I wonder if it would have mm. happened. Yeah, no, um, def no, definitely. You know, not. without that, because yeah. we we really we eat with our eyes. I mean, yeah. I guess that's why Instagram is so successful and why restaurants now design their entire interiors based around people being able to take photos of the Absolutely, food. So they yeah. will consider that when they decide where to put spotlights, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is just bizarre, but <clears throat> clearly incredibly important. Um, I know that you have the cookbooks as well, which is congratulations. So do they for, um, follow the same format as the online? They're also for everything for feeding four for under a tenner. Yeah, so the first two were feeding four for under a tenner. The first one was just like, you know, meat, veggie, vegan, whatever. And then you got uh, and then we did veggie mob. Mob veggie, yeah. which uh, is obviously just vegetarian recipes. Um, and 
and yeah, and then our third cookbook, which is coming out in uh, August or September of this year, um, is Speedy Mob. Oh, and speedier than I mean, because they're all they're all quite speedy. No, they're, well, not, they're not actually. I mean, yeah, you've no. got slow cooked mm. stuff or like, slow like cook even stuff, roasting a chicken or something. Parmesanas, yeah. chicken thighs. Yeah. it's all it's it's good and it's delicious, but actually a lot of them do take a bit of time. Yeah. I'm so lazy in the kitchen now. Yeah. I think maybe through years and years of having to do two, three, four recipes every day. You just want uh, something simple. I want to get big flavor in out in as quick yeah. a period I'm of like time as possible. Well, so our so the so the cookbook is uh, every single recipe can be cooked in under twelve minutes. Wow! It's not a remotely relaxed cooking experience. Okay. So there's no talking to friends. There's no. Okay. Uh, this but is serious. Yeah, serious yeah, cooking. serious. It's we we're kind of like billing it as like more of a challenge. So I think the thing about that's fun though. I think that will mm, appeal to the kind of mob audience, won't it? Mm, getting a tune on and like smashing it out with your friends. I think the thing that. So we it beats Jamie by three minutes, okay. uh, which I'm going to make very clear yeah. at the start of the book. Um, but I think the thing that was kind of really deceiving about Jamie's 15-minute meals and 30-minute meals, which like to this day, every single person that talks about those two books always talk about how it doesn't actually come in and under that yeah, time. It took my brother and dad three and a half hours to make one of his 30-minute really? meals. Yeah, because they have to chop everything. It doesn't count for chopping. Absolutely. Stuff. So the... So that is definitely something we've referenced in this book. So there's a lot of grating onions mm-hmm. or grating carrots, you really using a box grater or, you know, right, if button mushrooms or cherry tomatoes are going into a dish, don't be afraid to use your hands, you know, like crush yeah. things in rather than thinking. So I think that's another thing with our generation. You know, we become more and more disassociated with food and the food that we're eating. I think people just really literally don't know how to handle food in the kitchen. Mm. So they get very nervous around chopping and, you know, having to make sure that things are done in the right and proper way. I think we want to try and bring it back to people just having a very free relationship with food, you know, chucking things in, breaking things apart with your hands, tearing it, crushing it. Um... But the other thing that I think is sort of the the downfall in a way, I mean, they're very successful books, but kind of the downfall of the time promise in Jamie's is that in the TV shows, there are these scenes of him kind of chatting to camera as the clock is ticking down, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there on the edge of your seat like, oh my God, like, get back to it, mate. Get back to it, like this clock's running down. And it gives off this kind of f- false sense of security that yeah. you go into it and you're like, well, if Jamie can like, chat through all of this and be really relaxed and maybe so can I and so we're yeah. really just going to be like in order to get it to under 12 minutes you really have to go for it but yeah. uh, but they've been all tested five or six times and they have all been done in under 12 minutes so great so uh, I'm exciting. really excited about it do you have certain food types or kind of cuisines that do really well then yeah um, definitely um, these are trade secrets so I feel people should be paying for this and listeners but um, anything with gnocchi anything with chorizo really gnocchi gnocchi any dish goes crazy chorizo uh, everyone loves the biggest one is halloumi yeah I can imagine Um, any dish with halloumi just pops off Um, rice noodles yeah peanuts and peanut butter Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah you know all cheeses um, pasta. Pasta is always a winner. Also, uh, anything yolk with a yolk. Absolutely, and a yolk pour and yeah. that kind of thing. Like rusties. Okay. Um, interesting thing, you know, sort of like fake away dishes, dishes yeah. that people really only thought that they could eat while on holiday or at a takeout, you know, kebab van. Mm-hmm. Um, show it, you know, our most successful ever video, which I think says a lot about the English uh, population, is our homemade doner kebab. Okay. 
Wow, that's um, so funny. And it is, I mean, it's super easy. You just get a, you know, you just get like a, you get 500 grams of lamb mince or some garlic, cumin, paprika. I mean, you can change these spices, uh, fennel seeds, salt and pepper, and just mix it together with your hands and form it into one big ugly lump and then wrap tin foil around it and chuck it in the oven. And then it comes out and it look, you know, you've got like your baby like donut. Baby kebab, yeah. Um, and and that popped off. It's got like I don't know, something like five or six million views across wow. our platforms. Yeah, and it, we get so many recreations of the recipe. So That's incredible. Um, so yeah, definitely there are through through the you know over the last three years of mob, there are definitely like things that we're becoming aware of. If uh, you know, definitely with like client videos now mm. as well, and they come to us and they're like, we want to make sure we get really high views on this on this recipe we have certain things that we can pull in that we know will just we'll work make, yeah. we'll make it work wow that's it's also clever mm. so let's talk a little bit about entertaining do you like to entertain do you get much time um i do like to entertain i yeah as long as the dish that i'm cooking is not too strenuous then mm -hmm. i love cooking for my friends and um and for my girlfriend and for my family. So, yeah, no, I, I love doing that. What's a bit of a kind of signature signature move? Like, let's say, do you do like a, would you do like a starter main pudding or what kind of, say you've got six people coming over, bit of a special evening, not yeah. massively mm. in, like special event, just a Friday night? Uh, if I was like really pushing, if I was taking it easy, I would say I'm obsessed with olives. Olives mm -hmm. are my favorite food. I, I, I tend to Specific eat Specific olives? Uh, I love calamata olives, yeah, calamata mozzarella olives. olives. Mm. All the um, good olives. Yeah, exactly. It's like high-end mm. olives. High-end olives. cured black olives, actually. They're almost like the, so the salty. kind of Greek ones. Yeah, yeah. really kind yeah, of dried. Definitely. All Moroccan as well. And nice. they're, they're almost, they're not alcoholic, obviously, because mm. they're an olive, but they're so intense in flavour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, like, the standard pitted black olive, yeah, I can't stand. Yeah, so grim. Disgusting. It's not even an olive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, if I was taking it easy, I'd probably just do a few bowls of olives. Um, but if I was probably going a bit more involved, baba ganoush. I love making mm -hmm. a homemade baba Delicious. ganoush. Um, so maybe a baba ganoush and like some chips or homemade chips or something, yeah. pita chips. Uh, we got a great recipe for that on Mob. Um, and then the dish that all of my friends are loving at the moment is our uh, vodka rigatoni. Oh, wow. Um, and so it's... Super, super very rich tomatoey pasta, but you do um, chop an onion, uh, grate a garlic, two cloves of garlic, whack it into a frying pan with some olive oil, fry them down, then add a whole. The key is adding tomato puree, not passata, so okay. more intense flavor. Yeah. Add a whole thing of tomato puree, then pour in some double cream, add about 150 mils of vodka. Um, and it just bubbles down into this beautiful sauce, grate in some red chili, salt and pepper. And then toss in the pasta Delicious. with lots of pasta water and basil. I mean, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, wow. Uh, also, t tomato puree is probably cheaper than buying like passata anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's about 50 One of my, like, uh, my almost like my special trick now is I know the exact price of like basically Random ingredients. ingredient yeah. in the supermarket. Okay. So tomato puree is 50p from Tesco. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, Do you base all your prices then on Tesco? Do you go to like the. Yeah, so we, I, I don't. So we don't, we don't have the feed forefront or a tenor thing on the platform now mm -hmm. um, I think we were finding all of the recipes are affordable and they're all kind of done with uh, budget that in, in mind, mind yeah but it was becoming slightly restrictive because there were times when something might come to 10 pounds and like 20p yeah. and we wouldn't be able to do it uh, 
it would also mean that you know there are times when people have a little bit more cash to spend um if they're wanting to impress the weekends with a bigger group of friends for a party um, and having some options on the website that would cater for that mm -hmm. um, is important while also, you know, always making sure that you, you know, keep the budget in mind. Yeah. And I think also certain ingredients, things like tahini and stuff, they cost more, but they last or miso paste, but they, mm. they last a really long time and they really do last a long time and they really are applicable to Absolutely. other stuff. So it's exactly. as long as you have enough content that uses them, people will just kind of hopefully use their imagination. Exactly. Cocktail man then? Would you do a cocktail? Um, I have pretty straightforward uh, vodka, vodka, like fresh orange juice. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice and classic. Yeah. Any tips or kind of do's or don'ts when entertaining or cooking for kind of a group? Um, oh God, I think, I don't think there's anything more gross than leaving a kitchen where you've been at a dinner party or if you've been cooking yourself and you just stink of either, yeah. I mean, I find peppers weirdly really cling to clothes. Okay, interesting. I can't deal with my f uh, clothes smelling, smelling food, yeah, me, me which neither. is ironic, but I really, it, it, I think it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> When people would sit next to me in the library at Edinburgh and they'd come in like obviously having just made like a bacon sarnie so in like, a closed no, kitchen. It's so antisocial. <laughs> so I um so I yeah, I think smells is an important thing. So probably uh, maybe rein it in on the peppers or the onions or you know, definitely try and keep people out of the kitchen when you know you're yeah. getting a particularly steamy period. Uh chorizo and bacon, yeah. you know, really like fog things up. There. Um yeah, and then probably, you know, I would say try and keep it in in small number of pans and trays because by the time you're eating and you've had some drinks, you're not going to want to do the washing up that mm -hmm. night and then you wake up in the morning to a horrible scene in the kitchen, <laughs> which is always pretty depressing on a hangover. <laughs> and have you had any kitchen disasters? Any time, actually. It doesn't have to be just during a dinner party. It could be any time. Um, yeah, I think one... Probably when it came to filming the filming the you know when we were just getting into this so we, we filmed the first batch of twenty uh, videos with this production crew uh, that I was at Edinburgh with and then when they when we parted ways I then needed to find a new cameraman basically so a friend of mine who I was at school with since I was four years old called Rupert um, was all, is a very keen videographer and I basically got him on board to film the recipes I gave him a steak and mob small steak and mob and um, he. He came. He had a full-time job, so he would come up on weekends. We'd film 10 to 15 recipes in two days. Um, he would then go back down and work for the next two weeks in London, and I would spend the you know those two weeks editing and uploading and managing the platform. Um, and one time he came up, and he. One time he came up and we had it was one of our first clients, tofu, T O F O O. You know, yeah, yeah, I know who I know who you mean. The yeah. organic, it's really good tofu. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's kind of hard. Yeah, so you can do firm. so much with exactly. it. Firm, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, great that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Weirdly, amazing. I'm eating that tonight. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I've got a packet expires yeah. today. It's got to be eaten. They're a, uh, they're lovely. David and Lydia are a couple who own it, and mm -hmm. they're, they're lovely. And they really showed faith in Mob right at the beginning oh, and nice. gave us some money to make five recipes. And we had this really intense day of filming five. recipes recipes um, with mum and dad like trying to I mean it was so stressful I look back on it and wonder how we got through it but um, but yeah we did this whole day of filming and Rupert then went back down to London that evening and um, and I woke up in the morning plugged in the hard drive start editing and every single recipe was just like one touch out of focus oh, no. every video and it, more of a kind of camera nightmare I guess yeah but kitchen, still but quite it was, it's still that heartfelt kind of 
pain and stuff, yeah yeah it was awfully it? it was like gutting yeah horrendous and, um so that's why i got so worried when i saw that memory card on the floor the number of like horrific experiences that we've had with memory cards yeah, and footage it's the and, worst yeah it's the worst i've got to back up my laptop tonight actually it's, <laughs> i was thinking about it it was really warm and i suddenly just had a complete panic yeah how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And what about dinner parties you've been to or even kind of dining experience, just eating experiences? Do you have one that's really stuck with you? It can be good or bad. Um, I... None of my friends are that good at cooking, so the dinner parties have always been like at your fairly, house. yeah, at my house, or actually probably, but also quite kind of simple and basic. I think in terms of a dining experience that I love, my favourite restaurant in London uh, is a restaurant called Aphrodite, uh, which is a kind of like traditional Greek taverna in um, on the Hereford Road, okay. and. I'm obsessed with it and I go there I go there like twice a month with my best friends um, and absolutely love it so yeah I don't know Greek Plenty. food fan Greek food fan big Greek food big fan big Greek yeah. food fan dinner party gifts if you're going to a dinner party what do you bring with you um, maybe a bit of green and blacks 85% nice yeah nice yeah. cool nice one and what would you like to be brought if you could be brought anything um, probably the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to think. I often bring yeah. something I want. I think, yeah, I think um, I like it when my mates cover the booze or like mm, desserts. Bring a bottle. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things I love about Mob Kitchen are the, the mob tips and also that mm. kind of emphasis on making use of leftovers. Like I was looking yesterday or this morning, there's a recipe for kind of using turkey. You know, there's always that joke right, about turkey yeah. curry, but it's like a turkey... Is Turkey it a bao? Ban me. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. Which is great. But you also have really in- clever tips like freezing wine, which I, I never thought about until this morning yeah. when I saw that on there, which is genius for kind of a rainy day risotto or something. But. I think it is good. Yeah. We got like loads of kickback on that one, weirdly, because everyone was like, 
what's leftover wine and it's just like such a lame comment but there's um, always leftover wine I guess I, I always have it but I mean but apparently for all the boozers who are our followers crap wine where... for a risotto and then you've got a bit more crap wine left. no exactly yeah 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 I think um, maybe we phrased it badly I think we kind of phrased it of like if you've got any wine like leftover like after a night out or something where I think most people are like we'd never just have a little bit left you know it will be drunk but oh, wow. whatever but I think the um yeah, no, we, we've, we're getting more and more into that kind of, you know, offering little tips and tricks that are outside of the outside of the kind of standard recipe format. Yeah. And I think um, cutting down on waste, um, you know, being more sustainable in the kitchen mm-hmm. is something that we're really focusing on and trying to push through really small little things. You know, we don't want to... We don't want to kind of like scare people with yeah. big reams of texts and kind of learnings and citations and all that kind of thing. I think just like little relatable daily hacks that people can kind of like see and think, oh, that's a good idea. And one one that I think is amazing that one of one of my team found is uh, if you wanted some lemon juice. Yeah, this is so clever. Prodding yeah. a lemon. Prod your Again, lemon. Again, virgin of this till today. Yeah, and I'm just like, wow. And then I see this kind of manky half-cut lemon. Yeah. So you basically, you you prod it with, with what? Like a, a scissors or knife or something? Prod it with like a chopstick or, or, or with a chop. You want something that's kind of like a bit more pointy. Even yeah, like yeah. the end of a scissor. Yeah, end of a scissor. Do. Yeah. Or, and then squeeze it or like that. Or a pencil. Yeah, a pencil. Um, and, you, and, then you, and then you just squeeze it. You've got to be a little bit, um, you know, you've got to kind of manipulate it. Yeah. it a bit. But it does work. Like sh- a shoot of juice. Yeah. will come out of the lemon. And then you you haven't got it kind of going mouldy and exposed to the elements. Exactly. Yeah, you can really chuck clever. it back in the fridge and just keep on keep yeah. on going. So that's so, um, so yeah. And we've got our, our, our big we've got three big launches happening next year and one of them is a is a brand new website that we've been that we've spent an inordinately large amount of money on and is really Great. Epic. Okay. It's like epic. Okay. It's it's changing the game on on, um, <laughs> on food. food websites. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm and excited. so everyone's going to be able to have their own profile and be able to save recipes, save recipes into into different kind of chapters, Pinterest style. It's going to be great because we can you know host loads of different content. I find with Instagram it's difficult because if you're you know, a content producer like we are, there are so many different things competing for that one mm. space. But on a website, there's much more space. Um, we We've got this quite cool function that our amazing design team Omsi did where you can click on a recipe and then you look at the recipe and then you can click go and it kind of turns into like a city mapper style viewer of like your progress through the recipe. Oh, cool. Um, which is really awesome. So and you can see when there's time to kind of pour a glass of wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, for the for the times when there's a specific timer bit, um, there are timers that you can add that kind of run down on the website and cool. do a little alarm when they've got to the bottom. So... So we're really, really pumped about that, and it, and you know the reason why I'm so excited as well is it means that you know things like Mob Tips or our other series, kind of Guest Mob, Street Mob, it's all going to have more kind of chance to shine and mm-hmm. have its own place, basically. That's wicked. Sounds mm. great. And music is a kind of big factor in 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 Mob as well, yeah. um, which is something I think that got people with it. I love it because I think music is so intrinsically kind of connected to having fun, mm-hmm. and cooking is so fun, mm. and more and more. I sound so old, but more and more young people are having fun cooking and finding that cooking is fun, probably right. because of things like mob or just the success and kind of explosion of food culture that more and more people are cooking. But I wanted to ask before our final questions, do you have a top cooking track? <laughs> um, I 
the tracks that I listened to a lot when I was when we were doing the uh, res- cooking all the recipes for Twelve uh, Speedy Mob. Mm-hmm. Was Nina Simone Cinnamon? Okay, great um, song. Yeah, super high intensity, high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think always like with all the music that we put in the in the videos and in the playlists and in the books, there's always a kind of look to make sure that it's very upbeat, kind of high tempo, positive yeah. music. Um, in case when things go wrong and you're like, it's fine. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and you know, it makes it more enjoyable. Like, there's nothing worse than sitting in a restaurant and then like. Coldplay Fix You comes on and like however happy your dining experience is it's suddenly ruined and you just want to go up and like have a word with the manager and just be like you know because it is very it's a powerful thing music the yeah. way that you know the, what it can have on the energy or the vibe of the room yeah um, but yeah Nina Simone Cinnamon I'd great, go for great um, and wait what was you this? can have another one if you want um, a band that we're a band that we're loving at the moment is called Bear Jams. Okay. Um, and again, like very kind of like upbeat, rocky kind of jazz music. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cool. Okay, so your lo- your top three ingredients that you advise to always have in the kitchen to throw together a quick dish. Um, I don't know if they'd really be used together, but they don't have I, to be used together. Yeah. They can be. Yeah. So uh, ginger. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with ginger, um, and I think that it just adds to any Asian dish. Um, so noodles, you know, when you're cooking rice, putting in the ginger peels to make that more fragrant. Uh, any rice dishes, curries, anything. Um, having it in tea with mint if you're feeling ill. I think it's just such a delicious, versatile uh, ingredient. Then I'm obsessed with vinegar. Uh, so I would say a bottle of apple cider vinegar yeah, or white stand. wine vinegar. Um, my girlfriend thinks that I use it much too liberally, but I think it it just adds, you know, it's like that thing, it adds like that twang yeah, the to sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, in any Asian recipes um, or pasta sauces, stews, anything, a little splash of vinegar is great. Um, and then... I'm a tomato fanatic, so I would say probably a tin of tomatoes, um, which would just make making any kind of easy pasta sauce doable, uh, any stew, great in soups. Um, So yeah, ginger, vinegar, and tin tomatoes. All easy and easily acquirable as well. I mean, you can even get ginger from your corner shop these days most of the time. And then lastly, if you could have anyone in the world, alive or dead, to your ultimate supper, who would you have and why? Um... My icon growing up uh, was Arsene Wenger. Really? Um, I'm a big gooner. Uh, Not so, like, daily interested in how Arsenal are doing at the moment, especially right now. But but I loved Arsene Wenger growing up. It was kind of also like a father figure in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And seems like a very intelligent and kind uh, and interesting man. Um, I've also never met Jamie, and he was my... um, I've been in a room with him and like saw him come in and was like amazed at the star power that he had. Everyone seemed to like hush when he walked in. Oh, wow! But he um, he was my like absolute idol chef growing up. Seeing him on Jamie at home, yeah, just so relaxed and what he was doing with food, just like just super laid back and accessible. Um, so I'd love the opportunity to sit and just like chat to him. Yeah. I was thinking about this question and you know like. You'd also you'd have to make sure that they were really engaged and into the fact that they were at the dinner party yeah, as well. Because yeah. I could also imagine getting such big stars there, and they'd be a bit like, 
what am I doing here? Today? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like they all get on. Yeah, maybe. Jamie, Austin, Wenger. And yeah, and he, this, yeah. he would be so, so... Yeah, well, you've got one more. <laughs> I've got one more. Um, oh, God. Um, maybe another foodie who would be a, who would be a great foodie. I'd get Keith Floyd in. You'd get Keith Floyd in. To get the overall vibe and ambiance up. Okay, um, yeah. And I also love, I, you know, I love seeing him on camera and yeah. has a very easy relax. I always really admire when, I mean, we've we've done like some, I've done some kind of YouTube stuff or whatever. Um, and I, you know, I'm in complete admiration of people who, you know, rather than even just having like a camera persona, which I feel like everyone can kind of get after a lot of practicing, where you know that they are being completely, truly themselves. On camera, that's the hardest It's very, thing, I very yeah. rare. I actually really think only Jamie has that mm. in food at the moment. I think Nigella has that, though. I always feel like it's a bit scripted. It's always like, it's like these long, elaborate she's sentences. Eloquent. Well, do you know, but she, have you ever read her writing? Because she writes, she writes like that as well. And really? I think your writing is often your true voice. I think if we all went around talking, yeah. like the way that we wrote, you know, we'd all sound really romantic and yeah, poetic. Yeah, yeah. But actually, sometimes the way that you write is that kind of true, yeah, true language. And I think when she's on camera, she get that gets to come out. I mean, cool. I, I'm also such a, Nigella is to me what Jamie is to you. Although really? The, the, both enough. that time, I remember watching them both. That, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. kind of, you know, just like being obsessed with it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, great. That was fantastic. Well, thank you so much. So thank for you. listeners who aren't already following Mob Kitchen, where can we kind of find you? Where's the best place to kind of keep in the loop? Uh, so www.mobkitchen.co.uk. And that's it. Yeah, and then yeah. Instagram, of course. Yeah, but but just we- go, go to the, the website. website. Bypass the social media. Because the website will be live in you know the next next few weeks okay. uh, and that is where we are going to be putting 100% of our attention okay. uh, and you don't need anything else so okay, maybe a click, quick glimpse on Instagram as well but okay, mainly for that daily inspiration that's yeah really exactly beautiful. wicked well thank you so much that thank was you fab. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you liked it rate it review it talk about it share it and invite your friends around for supper This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.